Please turn to Luke, the second chapter, in the fifth verse, uh, Joseph and Mary came to be taxed with Mary, or did they, uh, Joseph did, his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And there shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth goodwill toward men. Remember, this is the message the angels were singing. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone out away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this great thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. There's a great thing that came to pass. This is a testimony of the shepherds. And God had made it known to them by heavenly hosts a, a dramatic event. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now that's which is demonstrable is not debatable. We don't question the fact that they found him, that he was born, and that it was just like the heavenly host said it would be. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Now, if this is true, then, and we believe it's true, we believe it's a message that uh, Luke gives us, that the shepherds did some preaching, they did some teaching. They did some uh, gospel preaching. It was the best news that had ever come to humanity because their deliverer, their Savior, their Lord, the one that, they, that God had planned for ages to come to the earth had come. And they were part of the event. They were part of the action. It was happening. And there's no way that you can hide this today. That's the reason we have at this season, because the world has decided to have some day set to remember Christ's birthday, 
but it's out of context with Bible teaching to put an emphasis upon one day. It's, it's, a, it's a daily thing. Every day is Christmas as far as the day being a one to remember Christ because he's our life and he's our Savior and he's our Deliverer and he's alive. You know, if you count the time that Jesus has been in the flesh and uh, has separated and been glorified, you're talking about 2,000 years. According to the time count, uh, he was born 4,000 B.C. Now, I don't know if you were mindful of that, but everybody knows we. this is 19 and, and 96. But really, it's, it was when he was born, was not, it was four years earlier, when you get back and look at the calendar. So he's 2,000 years old as far as his time spent in the flesh and taking and being able to synchronize with man. Now before that, he was the creator and he was God and he knew all things, but he, he is, is our Lord and our God and he's the God that has been made known in the flesh. And he's the one that can cause us to talk to God. He's the only way that we have to God and to Christ. Hadn't been that Jesus had come to the earth, we couldn't talk to God. We couldn't have forgiveness of our sins. We couldn't tell people that they too are included in this uh, great message to be saved. But now we can share it with people because we believe it. Now, when it was in its incubation, when it was just being made, when it was in, he just in the flesh and he was born, we have a heavenly host that testifies to the fact of uh, the thousands of years before this. As far as our counting the time, we're not certain, but you go back to the Garden of Eden, you have about, uh, say, 6,000 years before uh, the time of the cross, but it might have been more than that. We don't know. You can't even go back 2,000 years before the cross and be accurate and just read it on dates and on stones and things like that. We can go back to Abraham and be pretty accurate. But it doesn't matter. Jesus has, was in the beginning. He's always been. But man has not always been. He created him. And Satan interfered. And he came to deliver us. And we are, are delivered. We have overcome. We, we have no doubt about living forever and ever with Christ. We have no doubt, those of us in Christ, have no doubt that he is present with us and that we're in his body. It, wasn't a, it, it hadn't have been that he was able to live in the flesh. We couldn't have hope and salvation and forgiveness. We couldn't be who we are. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. We are a member of his body. And it, it has a name as far as it's holy. Holy people. People who are called out. 
people who have been redeemed, people who, who will live forever. It doesn't matter how much money or how many bonds and stocks or retirement plan they have. That's beside the point. It's good to have it. You can adjust in the flesh. But the main thing is that we have life in Christ Jesus, and we're called his, his saints. We're the holy ones. We follow him. And it's this that, uh, that has been told. And in the 18th verse he says, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now, people wondered about those shepherds. Probably some of them said, well, they just hallucinated. They had a vision, and I don't believe them. That, that, it, it's not anything to it. They wondered about it. They marveled about it. They wondered what had happened. Now, Mary, she was there. She kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, the shepherds returned to glorifying and praising God. You didn't take it away from them. They really glorified and praised God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And isn't that just a wonderful thing? Now, let me uh, take you back to the first chapter of Luke. And Luke is a Gentile, and he's a physician, and he's also a trained lawyer. He knew government. He, he could call people's names in government to high officials. He wrote this, this gospel to Theophilus, and he also uh, mentioned that he did when he wrote the book of Acts. He wrote another one. It was old Theophilus, of all the things that Jesus began both to do. Now look at that first four verses. He says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, he really believed these things. And he said, This is surely believed among us. And Matthew, Mark, and, and John hadn't written because he wrote later. But Matthew and Mark had probably already wrote, written uh, when Luke wrote. And he's writing this, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Though Matthew, he, he Levi, he, he, he was an eyewitness of it. And some of the others were. And Peter was an eyewitness. And he talked about the, the majesty uh, being appeared in the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, in the uh, Mount of Transfiguration. And he said, we beheld his majesty. So Luke had touched base with them, and he knew this, and he said, they've written, and I, I'm going to write. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first now, I don't know where he was, and he wasn't an eyewitness as they were in everything, but he had an understanding of all things from the very first. And to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. Now, when you use that word, that's a high official. And he was a very prominent person, and he wanted him to get this. 
that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast, thou hast been instructed. So he, he is confirming everything, and he, he names the rulers, he names the one that's on the throne uh, at that time and ruling, and if you know how, to, how that he, look over second chapter of there, he says, and it came to pass in those days that they, there went out a decree from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be taxed. He knew all of that, the latest thing. And he's gathering this to give people. And right now, we, when we study about the gospel and about the Bible, because he said that, we can calculate a lot of things in time. Because Luke named this person, named this person that was ruling and gave us this. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was a governor of Syria. You see how schooled he is and how much he knows? And now he's telling us, and all went out to be taxed, everyone, into his own city. He's very efficient in that line. But more than that, he's inspired. But he said in this uh, first uh, four verses here, he said, it seemed good to me, having an, uh, a perfect understanding of all things from the very uh, first, he did a lot of research. He, he touched base, no doubt, with many people. And he's giving this, besides his being inspired, he is telling us how that he put all this together. And it's for our benefit today. We have it. I want you to turn over to Acts 1, because this is Luke writing, and Luke is the one that, that writes again uh, and gives us a history of Jesus, and Jesus is still alive. Jesus, since his birth, has gone through 33 years of torture, rejection, persecution, being called a devil, and being... Uh, uh, misread and misunderstood and yet was crucified. And uh, look at the first chapter of the book of Acts. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now, you know, he began with his birth. He began with the angels singing. He began with them uh, saying, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to everybody. He was the first Gentile that was able to write. And he could, he could without any prejudice, he could say to everybody. Matthew and Mark did the same. They said to every creature. But we need to understand that he's the Gentile, and many times he is emphasizing that it's to everyone is included until the day which, in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen. He gave us a good treatment of, of what Jesus did in his first years. He's the one that tells us that he was, that he was lost from his parents when he was 12 years old. He's the one that is, gives us a, a number of things where Jesus, after he did begin to preach, began to help people that were 
specially afflicted, like the mother that had an only a daughter and one who had only a son, and he healed and he helped those people. And he pinpoints all the difficulties, and especially do we have him uh, giving us special occasions where mothers and women are recognized. But we have Jesus being uh, portrayed as a lover of humanity, as the one who came to seek and to save the ones that are lost. And uh, in this second verse here, let's read that again. He gave a perfect description of everything that happened until the day in which he was taken up. That means his, his, his rejection, his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. And his 40 days when he talked to the people. And then his, his ascension. And that closed the, the gospel according to Luke. After he through the Holy Spirit had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after the passion means after his crucifixion, after his suffering, by many infallible proofs. How many? Well, I don't know. But some people say it's 13 times. Some say 11 or 12 but we know that he did it a number of times, that he showed himself, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, this is the Jesus that we ought to get acquainted with, and we ought to take the opportunity when people are thinking and singing carols and, and know that he bless the earth by his presence, this is the Jesus that we want to make known to people, and this is our job. And if we're not sharing this Jesus with people, we're not doing what the, really, the, the, the real thrust of what people think Christmas is, is to do good to people. But the greatest good you could ever do to anybody is to show that Christ is available every day, every hour, every minute to help them and to forgive them and to save them. And we need not to be caught up in a, in a secular celebration of holidays and lose the real touch with the Christ that's alive. Because after he was raised from the dead, here he showed himself that he is alive. Forty days and forty nights. Showed himself alive. Now that's not the last time they saw him. Working. After the church was established, he was standing when the first martyr died. But he wasn't standing on the earth. He was standing at the right hand of God when they stoned Stephen's. But this writer who made a research of all the things that he knew and remembered and all the others that had been an eyewitness 
He he put a lot of time in this with the, plus the inspiration that God was giving him to give us a picture of the real Christ and his aliveness. The Christ appeared to Paul five times. Paul was holding the coat of those who stoned Stephen. But later, Jesus appeared to him, and he answered Jesus, and he responded, and he was baptized by Ananias, and was told, why would he tarry? Why not rise and be baptized? and wash away his sins, and that was before he was saved. Because he couldn't be saved in his sins. So Ananias the preacher told him what to do. And he was converted just like we are today. We believe Christ. We believe he's alive. We believe we can get into him. We believe it was planned before the foundation of the earth that he would be born, and that he was born, and that he took upon him flesh, and now he's at the right hand of God, but he's the only person that through the flesh demonstrated that a person in the flesh could go back to God. And he gives us a right to come to the Father. He's the only mediator between God and man. Now you talk about a Christmas. That's the greatest gift that a person could ever get, and that was Christ. And that's real. It's available. And he spoke concerning the reign of God. And they asked him about, before he did a sin, they asked him, are you going to set this thing up on the earth? And people just said, he said, it's not for you to know. And you know people are still that way today. They get so caught up in a materialistic, the temporal, until we just can't see anything except what's on the earth. We can't see the spiritual. And yet he went to heaven, and he's there at the right hand of God, and he, he's an intercessor for everybody who will believe and put their trust in him and get into his body. When you get into his body, you're insulated against the devil. You're insulated against death. You have eternal life given you. And this is what Believing in him is all about. When Paul responded to him, after he was converted, including the time that he spoke to him and said, Saul, why do you persecute me? I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Four more times he appeared to him. Now, Jesus is just that alive today. Now, you know, where we fall down is that we don't believe it. When the angels appeared, the first thing they said is, don't fear. Don't fear. We have a great message for you. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Go see. They went and they saw. And they came back and told what they'd seen and heard. Today, where we are is telling people what we've seen and heard. And if we lose the ability or we lose the communication to tell people what we've seen and heard, we die. We die. And you wonder what's the matter with the church. 
You wonder why it's cold, why it's indifferent. You wonder why people are not being added to it. It's because we become so fearful of trying to put Christ into the hearts and lives of people rather than to share him with people that he's alive. That he's the one that can come into our hearts and lives. That he's the one that can shelter us from the sorrows and the difficulties and, and, and give us wisdom for going on. One of the things that Paul gives us, that other, and Luke, Luke is the one that still writes this, he thought it was important that his trip to Rome, that he could show that he was still in touch with Jesus. And when the storm came, and he told the people on the ship, said, Now, I'll tell you, we ought not to leave because there's a storm out there. And the Lord has stood by, and he's told me that you're going to run into trouble. They said, Oh, we don't believe that. They went ahead. And when they got in the storm, Paul said, I told you. I told you, but he said, the Lord has stood by me now, and he said that 276 souls will be saved if you would just do what I say. Now they threw everything aboard, off board. And it still was wrecked. But God saved the 276 souls. Now I don't know if Jesus appeared to him any more times, Luke didn't say. But I just wonder, after he appeared to him, and there were 276, 276 people finally got on that island, how Paul felt uh, when he didn't know what to do, when he was cold. Well, I know they were built of fire, and they were around, and uh, Viper touched him. And uh, and the people said, well, he, he's, a, he's, a, uh, he's a guilty man, and the reason that happened is because he's guilty and, uh, and he's going to die. After a while, he didn't die. And they said, no, he's not a guilty person. He must be a god. But this was an indication that Jesus was still with him. He's alive. He was alive. He went in and he took him to Rome. And he... He stayed there two years, and he taught people about Jesus. And he did it out of the Old Testament that he was the very Christ. There's nothing more than we have to do today. Now, we may wonder, no doubt he was discouraged. When he didn't get a lot, when those, when those Jews said they got the fussing and murmuring and disputing, and some of them went off, and then they came back the next Sabbath, and there's three Sabbaths there that they, they went on We give the indication. But a lot of the Gentiles came in, and they heard him. But he quoted the Isaiah the prophet and said, you know, uh, G Isaiah was right, and Jesus was right. In Matthew 13, he didn't quote that scripture, but he quoted the same one as from Isaiah. He said, these people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they're closed, and... He said, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and I should uh, heal them. And this is where many times we are, is, is not accepting the aliveness of Christ.
Christ is alive. He was a baby in a manger, but he's no longer that way. He is the Redeemer. And that song that was sung in Luke was said, Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. We need to praise Him. We need to adore Him. We need to worship Him. We need to express to Him that we're His and that He is our King and our Lord. And of all the times that when people are this season, when people are thinking about Christ and listening to the carols, we need to stress the reality that He's the King, that He's the Lord, that we need to worship Him. We need to be certain that we understand what to do to be in Christ. This is a good time to share the gospel, just like the, the shepherds did. And will you not take this season to do that? The time is yours, the lesson is yours, and uh, we could go on and many, many things we could mention, but I hope that the theme of this is that Christ has, has been a person who knows what goes on in the flesh for 2,000 years, and he still knows what goes on if we have been baptized into his body. If we're outside of his body, we're lost. He died and purchased the church by the shedding of his blood. The only way we get into the blood is to be in his body. And that's where his, his blood was shed. It's in his body and from his body. And that's where we reach it when we go into his body by faith and obedience. If you're subject to the call, come as we stand together and sing.